0: It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. This is the next episode in a series of interviews where I have been interviewing some of the most amazing marketing people here at Inventus Partners that I get an opportunity to work with every day. So our fourth guest today is Adam holden the Director of Email Marketing and also author of How to Win at B2B Email Marketing. So Adam, really excited for you to be here today. Yeah, glad to be here. So Adam, you've been with Inventus Partners now for over a year and a half after successfully selling your email marketing company. Really glad to have you on the show today to talk about email marketing and crowdfunding campaigns. So to begin with, give us a little bit of a background and tell us a bit about yourself and what you do here at Inventus Partners.
1: Yeah, sure. So I've been in email marketing for pretty much my entire career. i uh, kind of been there since the beginning. As you mentioned a second ago, I did have an agency that I ran for over 15 years, and sold it. And we were primarily a B2B email marketing agency. Uh, since then, I've kind of moved more to the B2C side, and recently I've been working with uh, Inventus Partners on crowdfunding campaigns, along with any uh, internal projects here too. But it's been a, it's been an interesting, ride. So you know, emails changed a lot, but it's also stayed the same a lot. And so a lot of the experience uh, that I've had from my career I've been able to extend into what we're doing here along with the methodologies and strategies for things like testing and stuff like that. And uh, we've seen a lot of improvements, I think, in our email marketing process recently and hope to continue that path.
0: Absolutely. So let's start with defining email marketing. Give our audience the the Adam version of what exactly email marketing is.
1: Well, I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory in, in that you know we're basically using email as a channel for marketing. But I think the important thing with email marketing is making sure we're hitting people at the right time with the right message. Uh, really trying to be relevant. Uh, I think probably one of the best things email marketing has done in recent years is increase its relevancy. So we're doing a lot more to try and uh, improve that and try to make sure that we're you know, using personalization, doing other things, using data to actually make decisions and trying to get the right message in front of the right person so it gives them the most value.
0: So why is email marketing such a key component of successful crowdfunding campaigns?
1: Uh, it's key because it's probably going to be your most direct way to communicate with uh, the people who have expressed interest in your campaign, uh, whether that's friends and family or other business relationships or um, the pre-launch you know, leads that we're going to use to market to when we launch. Uh, Email is going to be the communication channel where they're probably going to be getting the most direct path of communication from you. So it's going to play a huge role in the success of your campaign. And it's, uh, it's something that you really have to take into consideration when you're uh, doing your planning and executing your campaign, it needs to be you know really something that you're putting a lot of thought and effort into.
0: So let's talk about results. What kind of results can creators expect to see from their email marketing efforts?
1: Yeah, it's it's going to vary widely. I do have some ranges here which I'll share in a second. But um, the one thing that I've noticed and the one thing that project creators should really understand is that email is going to really be an amplifier of the success of your campaign. What I've found is that you know when I have when I'm crowdfunding or doing email for a crowdfunding project where the uh, the product is something that people really need and it's at a very attractive price and the emails perform extremely well and of course the inverse applies too if it's something that people uh, aren't really uh, in need of and the price is too high uh, then the emails are going to perform poorly so we've seen both ends of that spectrum over the last, you know, year and a half that I've been here and you know sometimes emails can just kind of be um, offer amazing statistics and do really well other times they're not going to get much traction if the campaign's just, you know, not going to be ultimately that successful. So with that in mind though, um what we're finding is that uh for 2018 our our average cost per lead uh for generating uh email addresses was just around right around a dollar or so across all of our campaigns somewhere you know, lower down into the 30 cents range, somewhere a little bit higher than that. But uh, we also took into consideration the price of the product when we were doing that as well. So that's, you know, across a wide range of products. We're seeing that email will tend to deliver about 5 to 10% of the entire crowdfunding campaign's pre-orders. Keep in mind that what we usually do here is that we'll collect emails through a lead generation campaign during the pre-launch phase. And then after that, all the traffic that we generate will go directly to the page. So we're basically pushing ad traffic to the page throughout the entire campaign, whereas for emails, most of what we're doing is from the pre-launch leads we collect and then continuing to email them throughout the campaign duration to try to get them to convert. So I don't have as, uh, as much of an audience as something like the Facebook ads team does as far as continuously delivering new traffic. So um, during the pre-launch, we're seeing open rates generated around 15 to 35%. Click rates can be up to 15%. After the launch, it tends to drop a little bit because people uh, who are really interested will pretty much purchase or pre-order right away. And then they will drop off over the course of the crowdfunding campaign because they've either already expressed their interest or decided they don't want it. So uh, it's it's hard to get them to convert. What we do see is that about 50% of our pre-launch leads will convert, meaning that they'll pre-order within their first 48 hours of the campaign launch. So that's going to be the critical time. And a lot of my efforts right now are centered around trying to maximize that uh, time frame. So trying to get people to convert quickly. Um, and then the other half is going to convert roughly over the next couple of weeks of your campaign through things like flash sales and uh, you know, anything else that you can send to them that will give them a reason to pre-order.
0: So in talking about pre-launch, how would one use email marketing during pre-launch? Yeah, that's a good question. So
1: during pre-launch, what's really important is to... Um, obviously, we're going to collect uh, people who are interested. Usually, that's through Facebook, uh, but there can be other methods too. We'll run contests and we'll do things like that as well to try to get people into the top of the funnel. Uh, what we'll do with them is during the time up until the launch is we'll send them uh, more or less like a nurturing campaign. We'll try to inform and educate them about the product, its features, its benefits. I uh, really try to get them hyped and ready to go on, on launch day. We'll also try to get them to stay engaged by having them participate in a contest where they can win the actual crowdfunding uh, product. And during that time, we'll also try to get them to share with their friends and family, post on social media, make referrals and that sort of thing too. So when we get all of that going on, it, it really creates this nice you know, set of data that we can use for our email marketing efforts on launch day. We have found that people who are engaged during pre-launch tend to be about 1.6 times more likely to purchase than people who are not. So it's really important to not only just to email them, but to try to give them a reason to stay engaged during that pre-launch phase, because those are the ones who are probably going to convert better for you on launch.
0: So getting more into the specifics, what size email list, if there is one, does a crowdfunding creator need you know, to grow and how can they go about growing that list?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question too. So I, I haven't found that there's any magic number there. This is really going to be dependent on a lot of things, including your, your price uh, of, the, of the product, the, uh, the, the overhead that you have on it, the, the return on investment uh, numbers that you can you know, have for that particular product. But what I have found is that quality trumps quantity. So what you really want to be doing is trying to collect as much really high quality data as you can. When I send emails out on launch day, the lists that always convert the best are the ones where uh, the the project creator has a relationship with the recipient, Uh, whether that's friends and family or former business relationships. That one always does well because there is a connection there. So one of the other things that I'm trying to do with emails is try to make that connection between the project creator and its audience or the new audience, the ones that we're gathering through lead gen efforts and trying to formalize that personal relationship. And when we do that, we see higher uh, numbers there too. But you should try to you know, collect as much data as you can. We usually end up starting with a couple thousand records. But if uh, clients come to us and they have an existing list, that's golden because that list will do even better than anything we can bring in during a pre-launch phase.
0: Absolutely. So what happens after the project launches? How do you use email marketing then?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we do pretty successfully, I think, is, is we, we do a lot right around launch and we really try to make sure people try to get in at the best price possible. And we really emphasize that, that if they take advantage of the early bird or super early bird rewards, they'll get the best, uh, price, uh, you know, out out there. So. Um, we're going to push that pretty hard at the beginning. Once the product is launched and once some of those early bird rewards have sold out, then we'll do other things with the client to try to spark interest and engagement there. Uh, some of the things that we'll do is we'll we'll send an email about once a week. We'll either push something, uh, one of the, s- the rewards, we'll give them more information on the product to make sure they fully understand the benefits. We'll push things like flash sales. Um, we'll make sure that if the client's doing a live stream, we'll, we'll send a couple of emails around that. So, but we have a series of emails. We have, I think, up to about 70 different templates that we use now for different communications. And depending on where the product is, how well it's doing, the, the success of the campaign, um, we will vary that message to customize it for the actual uh, point in the campaign where we are at that point. So we're pretty, uh, we're pretty much able to be flexible there and do something that's fairly custom for each client to make sure that we're getting the right message out at that point of the campaign.
0: Nice. So if a project creator is looking to work with an email marketing company, what should they consider when vetting agencies? What are questions for them to ask?
1: I would probably start by just taking a look at their experience and asking them to see like, what they've done for other clients. You know, we, we run hundreds of campaigns here a year, so for us it would be very easy for us to kind of demonstrate our expertise in that area. I think the other things would be you know asking them to see examples of their campaigns and to see some of the results. I understand that the results are going to vary widely, you know, a lot of it's going to be dependent on your project, your campaign, you know, your your costs and things like that. But really, I would just be looking for experience because the one thing that we do here is we take a lot of the data that we've accumulated from the campaigns, we review that, we make changes, we A-B test, we multivariate test, we do a lot of things to try to continuously improve our marketing efforts. And that should help our clients in the future. So we are taking all that experience that we have, we're turning it into something that's usable. And we're trying to always improve and constantly try new things. Some of the things that we're doing now include, you know, things like adding uh, countdown clocks and calendar reminders to emails to try to give people another way to be informed when when the crowdfunding campaign launches. We're also doing things like uh, collecting phone numbers now and sending text messages on launch day because we're finding those convert at a higher rate than email. So these are all things that we've kind of you know done through experience and are changing our processes to try to always improve and get better results for our clients.
0: Absolutely. And Adam also just secured our partnership with MailChimp as well.
1: Yeah, we're now part of the MailChimp partner program. So that's been a great experience. Uh, MailChimp has been um, more than awesome with us and uh you know continues to be a great platform for for what we do it's so flexible and the ability to do templates and things in there and apply them to all of our clients as well as syncing up all the different accounts that we work on is just kind of second to none so we've been a you know really uh, glad about that you know that being said too if we do have someone who comes in as using another platform already we can work with them in that space or we can help them convert that over to mailchimp so we can continue to work there too but uh, all in all it's been a really positive experience and i think our clients find it very easy to use and are able to kind of jump in there even with little to no experience and you know see the results in the campaign reports and uh, pull their lists and whatever else they might need to do
0: nice so talking about results what should project creators do to help their email marketing team or agency like ours get the best ROI from their efforts?
1: Well, you know, I think that, you know, I mentioned it before, but the the biggest thing they can do is really just try to be as, uh, direct as possible, uh, as transparent as possible, offer the best price possible. Because when you give somebody something that they want at a price that they need, you're going to get the results. And I can't get around that with an email campaign. As pretty as an email I can send, you know, will be, I I can't, uh, have it, uh, you know trump a uh, a bad product at a bad price. so you know really consider how much you really need to 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 make and and that's going to be reflective in the success of not only your emails but everything else with your campaign. uh That being said, there's a lot of things we can do with the emails to try and you know push that engagement, push that interest. We found that sometimes people are unclear about the benefits of a product or are misled about its features because sometimes these you know, things are so new and so unique and so interesting that it's really hard to make people understand what they can get from it. So we'll do a lot of things too to inform and educate. Um, we'll include video in our emails, things like that. We do a lot where we'll uh, include uh, animated GIFs and things to try to better demonstrate the product and make something that's more interesting visually. So all that, I think, will, will help the the project creators. But in, in the end, what they can do best is just deliver a great product that people need at a great price.
0: Nice. So what else should crowdfunding creators know about email marketing?
1: I think that they just have to realize that it's really just going to be you know reflective of, of, of what they're doing. You know, e- email is just a, a marketing channel when it comes down to it. But it's an important one because it's going to be your, your most direct line of communication. So, you know, you want to work on really creating something that's going to engage uh, the recipient. Uh, you want to try to form a connection. Um, anything you can do to try to keep it personal, I think, is always helpful because really what you're trying to do is to have people understand what it is that you're offering, why you're doing it, You know, uh, understand the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that you've put into it. And when you can communicate that, people tend to respond positively or at least are willing to you know share it with their friends and family or someone else that they think might be interested So kind of getting that that connection, I think, is key. And that's something we're working on here, too, is trying to do that even better. But that's that's an important part of the process.
0: Absolutely. Well, Adam, you've survived. You've made it into the launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, let's do it.
0: (laughs) So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be?
1: You know, it's funny because I listen to their podcast and everyone seems to say Elon Musk, and I, I really have no desire to uh, to meet him. But um, I I've, one of the most interesting people to me has always been Steve Jobs, and while well, it might be a little cliche to say that, I've been an Apple user literally since day one. I think I had uh, I had a Lisa, and I still have a two SE that works. And uh, I remember saving up as a child uh, to spend a couple hundred dollars on a forty meg hard drive. So. I would like to interview him before he kind of had all this success and try to get into his head a little bit and, and try to just understand what drives him and, and I, I always just
0: found him to be a really interesting person. so what would have been your first question for him?
1: My first question would be how do you measure success or how are you going to measure your success because it always I always wondered like what he thought about what was happening with with Apple and with him like was it based on the amount of people who were using their product was it based on you know his revenue was it based on his his stock price you know, things like that I always just wondered what he looked at to figure out whether or not he was, you know, being successful.
0: Who did you look up to growing up as a kid?
1: Um, you know, again, it probably sounds cliche there too, but uh, I think I just have to throw my mom out there. My mom was, uh, she raised three of us uh, single-handedly until uh, she got remarried and it was always a a big driver of success for us. And uh, being that both myself and my two brothers became entrepreneurs at some point in our lives, I think she instilled some of that sense of uh, wonder and, and kind of drove us to, to do what we all do professionally.
0: Nice. Uh, what book would you recommend to our audience?
1: Uh, well, I've heard there's this book called How to Win a B2B Email Marketing out there. Uh, the author is a pretty cool guy and it might be something people want to check out. Uh, but seriously, it's available on the Amazon. The website's b2bemailmarketingbook.com. Uh, I published it about two years ago. And it, uh, even though it's a little bit older now, I think the, the information in there is still really valid and, and relevant. If anybody wants to get in touch with me about that, you know, they can hit me up through Inventus Partners. And uh, you know, I'd be happy to uh, you know, provide a PDF download or something like that if people uh, really want to check it out.
0: Nice. Uh, what's been your favorite project that you've worked on so far?
1: I don't know that I have a favorite that stands out because really what I'm trying to do is look at everything in aggregate and try to figure out uh, you know what makes these things tick. I think one of my favorite things is just looking at the data and trying to understand how people reacted to it and psychologically what drives them to uh, to engage and to pre-order. But I think there's been a couple that, that I do like. I mean, Duo is one that we've done recently and the emails were pretty successful there the campaign did over a million dollars and, and that was a fun one to work on because people were genuinely interested in it. It was against something people could really use at a price that was attractive. And I think all that put together uh, led itself to be a pretty successful campaign for us.
0: Nice. Last question, Adam, what does the future of crowdfunding look like?
1: Uh, I think <laughs> that, it. you know, one of the things that, that, I do like about crowdfunding is that I think that it's usable for pretty much anybody out there who who wants to market test an idea. And I think that all brands are probably going to be doing this at some point in the future, including all the Fortune 5s. And, And if they're not doing it already, they probably have plans to do it. So I think we're going to see more and more of that happening. Where my reservation lies is that I feel like the audience that's participating in crowdfunding is not growing at the rate that I'd like to see it. Like I'd like to see People purchasing on Kickstarter the same way they do on Amazon or eBay or something like that. I'd like to see more of a crowd getting into it and understanding it and using it. So, I, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges is just getting a Kickstarter and Indiegogo to get their brands out there more. I, I, I'm I'm looking for the day when we see Kickstarter ads on TV and Indiegogo ads on the radio and things like that to try to get more people interested in using crowdfunding. Because I think once people understand what it is and how it works and get excited about potentially being an early adopter of a really new product, it's a lot of fun and you kind of become a more or less a serial crowdfunding buyer. I know I have. So I'd like to see that happen more, but I see the trend continuing to grow and I think it's just going to you know, become more relevant
0: as people introduce more products to market. Absolutely. Well, Adam, this has been awesome. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And thank you again to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Backer uh, Backer Kit and The Gadget Flow. Adam, thanks so much for being a guest on Art of the Kickstart.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it there you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.